Well, that's the truth. And the reality is the church and the world look the same. Oh, my In God. most places I go, you can't tell the difference between a nightclub and a church. Wow. They look the same. They sound the same. Yeah. And there's nothing happening. But on the flip side of that, we're living in a generation where people from the past generation are living on fumes from what happened in the past. They only talk about what used to be. What used to be. I'm sick of that. Yeah. We're living in a generation where we've been told we're in the Laodicean church age. Yes. And things are falling apart. We're right here before Jesus comes and let's just endure to the end. But my Bible doesn't say anything about just, uh, you know, let's just fold our hands and let's just sit in a corner and wait for Jesus to come back. Oh, man. The same power that the generation before experienced, the D.L. Moody's and the Charles Spurgeon's and the and the Jonathan Edwards and all of these powerful moves of God, the First Great Awakening, the Second Great Awakening, uh, Azuzu Street, the Brownsville Revival, you can go on down the list. Yeah. Why can't we see that? Hey, everybody, I'm excited to have you today here on the KTF Podcast. I'm Pastor Shannon Williams, where we always defend the faith and stand for truth. I'm excited because of who we have here in the studio today, the one and only world-famous evangelist, D.R. Harrison, is in the house. Why don't y'all give him a big God bless you and let him know he is welcome here today. D.R., it's good to have you. Man, it's good to be here. I'll give you $100 after this for saying all those nice things. <laughs> we, no, we're, we're so excited. Listen, you know, there's a lot of people out here that preach the gospel, but you have a heart for souls in a big way, and it's not just something that you talk about. You know, a lot of people talk the talk, but but when it gets to the walking part and walking it out, I can clearly see you're a man of integrity and you're a man that actually desires to see people's lives change. Can you can you share with us where that is birthed from? Because it is very clear and very evident in how passionate you are for souls. Well, I grew up a, a preacher's son, a pastor's son, and uh, I made a profession of faith when I was six years old. And uh, grew up around what they call old time religion, yeah, and yeah. camp meetings, and uh, brush arbor meetings, and tent meetings, and all that stuff. Grew up around all that stuff. And I'd made a profession at six, but I had never been converted. Ooh, and uh, grew up in in a household that loved the Lord, but I, I didn't know who the Lord was, and the Lord didn't know who I was. And uh, all through my teen years, just 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 playing the religious game so to speak right uh, but when i got born again god birthed in my heart not only that so many even ministry kids are dealing with the same thing i dealt with yeah they said a little prayer got baptized been in ministry the whole life saw the good the bad the ugly and so many kids at 18 they leave they yeah. leave they say peace out we don't want nothing to do with I've church had too much yeah too seen much hurt. too much dirt yeah. seen all the bad and the ugly don't want nothing to do with it and i thought man yeah. they somebody needs to help these people because yeah. the answer isn't religion the Come answer on. isn't denomination the answer is not a preacher Come believe on. it or not the answer is jesus that's and right. when you get Jesus, you get everything that you need. Absolutely. And so uh, for seven years, that's just been my heart is just to see people know Jesus. If you meet Jesus, it fixes a lot of everything else. It really does. That's the truth. You know, we, we have a culture today where a lot of people go to church. A lot of people are um, church goers. Right. But we don't have a lot of people in the kingdom of God who that's actually right. flow and operate in kingdom principles. That's right. That's right. You know, instead of flowing with in with the with what God's doing in the church, they they think they're there for their own gain. They're right. that they're there. To, I'm here to get position. What can and you power. do for me? That's exactly right. And so 
you know, the, the church has not become, uh, you know, a force to be reckoned with anymore. Right. You know, it used to be uh, if the church people got together and declared something was going to happen, that community would follow. Yeah. They would follow the, the morality and where they were. But what we see now is we see the culture dictating to the church, you have to be this way. Right. You have to not only accept this type of sin, but now you must affirm it as well. Well, that's the truth. And the reality is the church and the world look the same. Oh, my in God. most places I go, you can't tell the difference between a nightclub and a church. Wow. They look the same. They sound the same. Yeah. And there's nothing happening. But on the flip side of that, we're living in a generation where people from the past generation are living on fumes from what happened in the past. They only talk about what used to be. What used to be. I'm sick of that. Yeah. We're living in a generation where we've been told we're in the Laodicean church age. Yes. And things are falling apart. We're right here before Jesus comes. And let's just endure to the end. But my Bible doesn't say anything about just, uh, you know, let's just fold our hands and let's just sit in a corner and wait for Jesus to come back. Oh, man. The same power that the generation before experienced, the D.L. Moody's and the Charles Spurgeon's and the and the Jonathan Edwards and all of these powerful moves of God, the First Great Awakening, the Second Great Awakening, uh, Azuzu Street, the Brownsville Revival, you can go on down the list. Yeah. Why can't we see that? That's right. Why can't my generation see that? The truth is we can. That's, I believe that as well. We, we can we can see that, but it's only going to come through one avenue, and that's through Jesus. That's right. All this other stuff don't matter. You've got to get a hold of Jesus. What do you think is actually blocking the church today? What what What's a problem that you think could probably be fixed if this would just be corrected? What's, what's keeping the flow from coming and, and the way it, it used to? You know, because it used to be people would, uh, they would flock to places just to hear about Jesus, just to hear a message about Jesus. And now we're so inundated with it, it's, it's almost like people, it's like, well, I've heard that before, but what what's stopping the power of God in, in the churches today? Leadership. Pastors. Come on. Come on. And I know this is probably going to get a whole lot of hate on the Internet, but every move of God I've been in in seven years has been hindered by pastors and leaders Ooh. because they can't control it. Well, that's true. You can't control the move of God. You ain't going to control the Holy Ghost. That's right. And so what's happened is, is you have a whole lot of leaders that aren't qualified to be leaders, and people see the hypocrisy coming from the head. Wow. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And so there's a higher standard that we are called to. You and I and leaders are called are supposed to be at a higher standard. When we're living below that standard, it stifles and it locks up the blessings of God. God cannot move through a people if his leaders aren't leading the way they're supposed to. We put God in a box. We take a shoebox and we open it up and we say, here, God, get in the box and close it up. And it don't work like that. And in this generation, we have got to open the box and understand that the Holy Spirit does the work. It ain't my ministry. It ain't my Amen. church. Come on. It ain't my this or my, it's him. It's all about Jesus. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself. The reason why a whole lot of people aren't getting what we used to get is because we've lifted up ourselves, not Jesus. Wow. Do you think social media has anything to do with Absolutely. that? Absolutely. It's become about clicks and likes. Yep. And we've associated an anointing with how many followers you have. Oh, my goodness gracious, man. You better preach right here. Okay, so, this so is, uh, this Lord, is help point. me. I feel the Lord now. So if... I've got 2 million followers. Wow, he must really be a man of God. Come on. All while he's sleeping with 10 women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say that. Say what I'm saying? Yeah. So we've associated how popular somebody is. With anointing. With anointing, 
which anointing has nothing to do with popularity. It has to do with how broken you are. Yes, that's right. You show me somebody that's never broken, that is not humble. Yeah. God can anoint. He will not anoint pride in any form or fashion. That's right. And you show me a leader that's full of himself. He resists the proud, actually. And give grace to the humble. That's right. A matter of fact, the Bible says that he looks at pride as an abomination in Proverbs. Yes. He also looks at homosexuality as an abomination. Yes. So according to God, somebody that's full of themselves and somebody that sleeps with another man, a man with a man is on the same level. Wow. That's what the Bible teaches. So at the end of the day, humility is a sign of anointing. Not licks, not not clicks, likes, followers. Yeah, you know, is we become so obsessed with ourselves. Yes. Well, social media is about me. You know, this is what I ate for lunch. This is where I went on vacation. This is the what I went to. Look at and, me, and, me, 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 and it's the focus is on me. Let me, let me, and I try to explain to people all the time. I'm like, listen, man, social media is awesome. It's a great tool, but we should use all the tools that God gives us for the glory of God. Right. If it don't uplift Jesus, what are we doing? What are we doing? You know what I mean? It's like it's like what you sh- you shared today. Um, and it really, it really helped me because you were talking about, hey, you, you know, get out and share this message today. Get out, you know, we had we had fifty people get saved, you know, in the building and, and and online. I mean, that's to God be the glory. Wow. One altar call for the gospel, and and that many people respond. That's because religion is taking over people's lives. That's right. And people want truth and they want freedom. And uh, but you said, listen, get out and share that on social media. Spread. Just share that online right now. You know, because we are saved, right? We are overcomers by the blood two of the things. Lamb and the word of the testimony. Talk about how important that part is. Well, I mean, if you're saved, you don't have a testimony. Now, testimonies look different. Not everybody were drunks. Not everybody were dope addicts. Not everybody were porn addicts. Not everybody was in strip clubs. There's some people that was raised in church that never smoked, never drank, never cussed, but they need the same amount of grace as I needed to be born again. But whether or not you were saved out of that or you were saved from that, okay, whether or not either you have a testimony of being converted by the grace of God. And that testimony can help somebody. But you got to share it. And it's like I said today. They can't hear it unless you actually say it. you got to tell them. And like I said, you cannot tell me you've been saved 40 years and never one time told somebody about Jesus. Come on. Or never had a desire to. Come on. I I mean, how can you be saved? How can somebody as big as God literally transform your life. I mean, change you from the inside out and you experience that peace and that joy knowing you ain't got to go to hell. But 40 years later, well, I just ain't never really told nobody. Huh? There's something yeah. wrong with Something's that. Something's not right with that story. I can't not tell somebody. Yeah. I mean, I get told all the time how my message is so simple. Well, I, okay, I can't think of nothing no deeper than the gospel. Yes. I mean, I, I mean, what is greater than the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? What is greater than that? And the answer is no, there's nothing. Because Romans, I told you a little bit, Romans says, I'm not ashamed. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, I'm yeah. not ashamed of the, the gospel, gospel. For it is, not was, not has been, but it is. That's present tense. It is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that is the power. You want the power of God? Preach the gospel. Well, well, Paul said, you know, if you want to know anything about me, it's like uh, I just preach Christ and Him crucified. And that's it. That was Christ all, and Him crucified. That was his whole message. <laughs> that's it. And that's all that matters. And I think in this day and hour we're living in, but you're right. We've become so consumed with ourselves, and and ministry has become a competition. 
Oh man, I hate that too. I really so it's do. like okay, well, my church runs five thousand, and we've got two million followers on Facebook, and we saw thirty eight thousand people saved around the world this year, and yada 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 yada, and it puts us up on this fake facade of a pedestal, like they're better, like like well, it's almost like we're God's pet. Yeah, you know, this church we have more of an anointing because of this, and and it's become flesh, and right. the Holy Spirit has been stifled. Yeah. And the blessings of God has been locked up, and the flow of the Holy Spirit has been locked up, and as a result, is like I can I say this on this? I hope I can. Yeah, we've created a generation of spiritual bastards. Yeah, you can say that on here. Spiritual bastards. I don't think we'll get flagged. Will, you, will we get flagged for that? No, I'll probably get hated. But it's all right. It's all right. Spiritual. Join the club. Spiritual bastards. We, we got jackets. They've <laughs> <laughs> they've never been converted. Yeah. Yeah, Never been converted. That's true. That's true. When we need true conversion, we need change. 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 And who brings change? Jesus. Jesus. There's only one name I know. That's it. There's it's only all. one power, one name. You know, it's, all about him. it's not. It's not just about believing either. You know, the 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 Bible says, you know, that your belief should spur you into some kind of action. These signs shall follow them that believe. Right. Even the devil. Even believe the and demons tremble. believe and tremble. That's right. That's right. And so I believe in God. I believe in God. I believe in God. I believe. In God. Well, that's fine. What are you doing with that belief? Yeah, that's right. You know what? What kind of actions are in place? And uh, so I want to talk uh, real quick about uh, cessationism versus continuationism. <laughs> Just just a moment here, because I don't know, folks, if you realize this, but there's a, there's two former Baptists here who have keyword former. Yeah, that's right. So we're former Baptists, and we are we are embracing the move of God, the gifts of the Spirit. First Corinthians chapter twelve, First Corinthians chapter fourteen, Acts chapter two, Acts chapter ten, Acts chapter nineteen, all talk about the Spirit of God coming and indwelling into people and bringing spiritual gifts. And so we're so excited to do that. So I, listen, I feel like you know I, I don't I haven't known Dr. for a long time, but honestly, I feel like we've known each other for a lifetime. It's we played like ball together. We just didn't know. That's it. right. So we're you know we're just we're kindred spirit, and so. Let's. Uh, w- would you share just just quickly with with some people out here, bec- uh, you know, about something that happened to you about how you came to know the Spirit of God and the truth? Because you you were taught that you were preached that for for pretty much your whole life growing up about you know the the ceasing of the gifts and all of that. Tell it. T- talk to the people about your experience. I was always taught that, but what happened to me? I got saved on May twentieth, two thousand sixteen. But something even more than that happened on June 28th, 2016. So me and another preacher were riding down the road. We were coming back from a meeting, and this particular preacher was leading a tent crusade at the time, and we were going to eat lunch. And we got off the exit to go eat lunch, and he said, you know, let's ride by where he was having the the crusade at in his meeting. He said, let's just ride by for a little bit. And it was like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And so I pull in there, and there's nobody but like two other people on the tent. There was one preacher and then somebody, I don't even remember who it was. It may have been somebody cleaning up or something. And it was just me and this preacher and two other guys that was in the pickup truck. And we walked under that. It was a tent. And we walked under that tent. And I can't even explain what it felt like, but it's almost like you walked into the Shekinah glory. Yeah. It was just like a fog. And I had only been saved now a month. Okay. Okay. Four weeks. God had called me to preach, but I hadn't announced it. He called me to preach four days after he saved me, but nobody knew. About it. I talked to my dad, and that was it. Nobody knew about it. So I hadn't announced it. 
nowhere. So we walk under that tent, and there's no music playing. There's no preacher preaching. There's nothing. And I am in a double-breasted black suit <laughs> with a white with a white shirt and a tie on. Okay. Yeah. And we walk, and there's shavings on the ground, and all of a sudden, it, I can't explain it, but this was at twelve or twelve thirty, and when I got up off of my face, it was five o'clock, and wow. it felt like three minutes, and the Holy Spirit, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Come on. Now that that gets a whole lot of anger flared up from from the the people I was raised around. I believe, but that. I know what happened. Yes, and I was anointed. Now I know I was called from my mother's womb. Amen. But I was anointed for a specific purpose under that tent on June the twenty eighth. Amen. And what was so odd is all of those other guys, those other three men that I was with, they were all together on the stage and God had put me by myself in my face in those shavings. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget that moment. Amen. He anointed me right there. I experienced something just a month after I got saved that most of where I was raised out of would have called crazy. Come on. But I experienced it. You experience. You cannot deny what you experienced. Five hours felt like five minutes. I woke up and there was snot all over my face and all over my clothes and shaving stuck to me. Yeah. And I didn't even care because I know I had just been with God. And from that moment, that was June 28th. On July the 1st, I walk under that tent. I'm playing the bass now for this, this meeting he's doing. And... There's 4,200 people under that tent. And I'm sitting on the stage, and the Lord spoke to me and said, Tonight you're going to announce that I called you to preach. And I said, uh, No, I ain't. <laughs> I said, I'm just playing the bass. I'm just going to play the bass and How'd sing. that work out yeah, for yeah. you? <laughs> I said, Well, you've got to tell the preacher running this thing, the, the evangelist that was doing it. I said, you got to tell him. I said, I, I'm not going to just stand up and do it. You know how you tell God yeah, you're not going to you, do it. You were fleecing him. I, I'm fleecing him. After the choir sang, that preacher looked at me, and all he did was stick up his thumb. That's all he did. And I thought, surely that's not what he's meaning by that. And do you know, 10 minutes later, he said, DR, you need to come up here and tell the people what you need to tell them. And I said, God, you need to solidify my calling. And I only want him to do one thing, save somebody. Mm -hmm. Just save somebody. If this is what you're calling me to do, save somebody. All I did was get up and read Isaiah 61.1. And I told the crowd that God had called me to preach. And 42 people walked the aisle and got saved. You remember that? Wow. 42. Wow. But it stemmed from him anointing me. Come on. Three days before. Now, I'd been so, saved a month. so important. And anointing. he called me three days later. But then he anointed me. And here's what I believe, Shannon, and I'll shut up. Every God-called preacher has a special anointing. And you show me a preacher with no anointing, I'll show you a preacher that's never been called. That's right. God does not call anybody that he does not anoint. Amen. And a, a specific purpose, just like the fivefold ministry. Apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists. Yes. The way I was raised... 
teachers, pastors, and evangelists still exist, but for some reason the apostles and the prophets, prophets dropped off somewhere. Either you take the whole word or you don't take it at all, exactly in my right. opinion. Exactly right. Now, God's anointed you to be a pastor. That's right. God's anointed me to be an evangelist. Amen. And, and, the, and we're supposed to work together. Supposed to. Yes. Supposed to. Yeah. So have you, have you ever had anybody that worked against you, fought against <laughs> your ministry? I mean, it's just a wild question. I just wanted to throw no, that out there. I've never had that issue. Okay. No. Well, okay, let's move on. Let's just move on then. It's been nothing but a fight for seven years. I believe, I believe because people who are religious, the Pharisees of the day, the current day, they don't, they hate the anointing because, mm-hmm. cause, like they could have their own anointing, but they choose to, to ignore it. Mm-hmm. They don't want it. They, they deny it and they push it away. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got lots of brothers who they don't believe quite like I believe, but I believe if they would yield to the Holy Spirit, God would truly anoint them, and they could be very influential in the kingdom of God. But they're never going to get anointed until they get out of their own head mm-hmm. and get in the Spirit. Get out of the way. They, they've got to get out of their own way. Mm-hmm. And so we got to learn to start cooperating, working together. I believe prophets still exist. Yes. I believe apostles, which if you take the, the meaning of the word, i got several people who call me an apostle. Right. They actually, that, that's what they call me. Hey, apostle. I didn't ask them to call me that, but they just see what's happening. You're not self-proclaimed apostle. No, I, I've never done that. That's I just, right. but that, that's the that's what they see on my life, and 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 so I just say, okay, you embrace yeah, it. That's right. And so we're supposed to work together right. for one purpose, right? That's right? We're supposed to build and edify the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. But what has happened, I believe, is that our focus has turned instead of building the body of Christ and and allowing them to be raised up to win souls we are babysitting the body of christ absolutely and it's self-focused self well you got to sing a song that i like you got to preach a sermon that i want you got to give me a service and a program that fits my mind and if it doesn't then i'm going to leave and find a new church Mm -hmm. well we've missed the mark well we've created the narrative that come as you are and i'm all for that come i mean in our crusades i don't care transvestite homosexual whatever i can That's say right. without getting flagged any of that you're all welcome but the problem is is people leave the same way they came we're not supposed Come to. as you are don't stay as you are that's right we're not listen church was not meant for a sinner to feel comfortable oh man thank church you so was much for saying that for sinners to feel love wait a minute wait a minute uh, hang on time out dr are you really trying to say that we're not supposed to have a customer service model no. in the church no 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 no, we're I'm, supposed to send out a poll. Tell us what you like. No, no. Tell us what you want. What'll make you happy? Do we need serve more? them donuts, give them coffee, and whatever? That's what people want to do. I'm just saying that when a sinner comes in, they're supposed to feel loved. But in reality, a sinner should come in and feel like that their feet's dangling over hell. Yes, that's they should the, feel some kind of conviction for any sin in their life. Exactly correct? right. It should that's drive right. them to the cross. Amen. To where they came as they were, but they left different than the way they came. And that is love. That's love. You That's cannot love. have love and be void of truth. Mm-mm. It's impossible. It's 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 not it's not possible to have truth and without love, love without truth, they mesh together. And saying that on the flip side, it's impossible for somebody to say they love the Lord and hate their brother. Amen. That's right. 
If you call yourself a man of God and you say you are in this to win souls and you are building the kingdom, yet you won't fellowship with somebody across town that doesn't dot their eye the same way you dot and you bash them all over Facebook, you're not possessing the love of Christ. Somewhere along the way, you're either lying to yourself or you know you're lying to everybody else. Well, that's the Bible. That's the word of that's God. That's fact. It says you're a liar. The Bible says, and the Bible also says, and uh, I don't know if it's First John, Second John, or Third John, but one of those Johns it says that if you if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. Yes, that's what that's the right. Bible says. That's right. It's interesting that you say that because that's actually the the sermon. Uh, my, it's my next sermon in the sermon series: conspiracy of kindness. Yeah about loving somebody else the way Jesus loves us, loving someone, investing in taking the time, you know, the man that was hurt and laying on the side of the road in the story of the Good Samaritan, yeah. you know, the Levite right. walked on the other side, right? Yeah. The priest walked on the other side. And then the, the Good Samaritan, why did they call him good? Because he stopped long enough to, to show action indeed that he did love his brother enough to actually bind his wounds up and get him to a safe place. And so I believe the body of Christ needs to come back to compassion. I don't know about you, yes. but compassion and a heart for somebody else. Yes. It ain't always about me. Right. You, sometimes you need to be inconvenienced for the sake of the kingdom. And if you can do that, then I feel like then you have a, uh, uh, the ability for God to use you. Well, what are we called to do? Serve, right? Yeah, that's right. We're called to serve. And so at the end of the day, we're supposed to be a ministry of service. Amen. Servant's heart, serving people, helping people, giving to people. Um, the whole cessationist thing, though, man, I mean, it, it's an argument that is absolutely, it is, if you just read the Bible. And see, for years, even after my June 28th experience, for years, it was hard for me to talk about because I was still so wrapped up in religion. That's been the hardest thing to get out of me is religion. And the fear of man. The Bible says oh. the fear of man bringeth a snare. Yes. And so many people, I agree, so many people, a lot of times it's not really themselves in their way, in their own way. It's the fear of what people's going to say about them. I believe that. I believe that's true. It's, Absolutely. It's fear of losing a friend, a ministry partner, if they go all in for Jesus and know that they're going to upset traditionalism. Do you know, you, you say that. I've actually had some pastors tell me that they, I can't preach that in my church. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 what? I was like, excuse me? It's like, no, no, there's some stuff that I cannot preach in my church. I said, was well, it in the Bible? Well, yeah, it's in there. And, I, and do you believe it? Yes, I do believe it. Mm -hmm. Then why can't you preach it? Because uh, the, the church isn't having it. The deacon board won't have it. And it just it blows my mind that you have a fear of man that is greater than the fear of God. It's bondage. Absolutely. It's absolute bondage. And the devil knows that. And the devil can suppress the truth. What's his ultimate goal? To steal, kill, and destroy. Yes. And who does he want to steal, kill, and destroy? Well, he wants to rob Christians of their joy, of course, but he wants to damn people to hell. Yes. And if you can mask the truth or just give half a truth, it's like an apple. If the whole apple's good, but there's strychnine poisoning in the center of it, they still don't kill you. Yeah. And a half truth isn't the whole truth, and you need the whole truth. Amen. The devil wants to corrupt the truth so to speak yeah you know we i've been encouraging the pastors all throughout this uh podcast um since we started ktf podcast and i've been really pushing pastors to embrace what the lord is doing yeah you know the book of revelation the first three chapters there's letters to the churches all right and he says listen he that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit, spirit 
says. says to the churches. That's right. We need to be listening to the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. Your deacon board is not the Holy Spirit. Preach. That that family in your church, that family in your church that their grandpa's grandpa helped found it, put the first bricks in it. They are not the Holy Spirit. Mm-mm. And we've got to take the churches out of the hands of the religious crowd yep. and put them back in the hands of the Lord. The pastors get the messages. Every letter to the church goes to the angel of that church, to the to the star of that church, which is the, the pastor. pastor. Yep. The pastors to hear the spirit to give the message to the church. The church and the deacon board and the people they don't dictate to the pastor what is preached, how it's done, and I believe that has stifled the Holy Ghost and the spirit has been removed. That's Ichabod. I said God can't work in that. No, God will not work outside His order. That's right. Show me one place in the Bible where God went to the people and worked through the people before he went through the man of God to the people. It ain't you won't there. find it. God always works through his man. And when you have something out of order, I'm just going to say it. In the New Testament, they didn't have deacons till they had 8,000 members. Come on. Why does a church with 50 people have 12 deacons? <laughs> That's a good question, bro. I, I've never understood that model, but you, it's power. They want control, and yeah. it, it creates chaos and confusion. And the Holy Ghost cannot work in that. That's he right. won't work in that. Do you know? A lot of times, my flesh, what I want, you know, if I was saying I'm going to vote for something, I think we should have red carpet. I'm voting for it. You know, like my, so a lot of times, the Holy Ghost does stuff that my flesh goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we can always trust ourselves and no. trust what we want and trust our no. flesh. I believe that, that men's hearts are, are wicked on their own, mm-hmm. that we need the Holy Spirit to correct us, even in the church, even the pastors, even the deacons That's and the right. board and whoever. We need to be hearing from the Spirit. And where there's, where there's strife and envy, there's every evil, evil work. And so if you've got a church that's in strife and they're fighting each other and the Oh, my God. You're just going to have evil running in that church. That's right. And that's what Satan wants. And he's done that. Absolutely. He's absolutely done that. And, you know, I read something not long ago, and I preached on it some. They say the average pastor prays 15 minutes a week. You can't have a church full of the Holy Ghost and full of power with a pastor that don't pray. No. And that's what that's that's we are in a mess, and it starts with leaders. It starts with leadership. Lead by example. Amen. And have a church that follows the man of God, not off a cliff, but follows the man of God as he follows God. Amen. That's right. And we just, well, Paul said, follow me as as I follow follow Christ. Christ. So simple. Yeah. If I stop following Christ, don't follow me into hell. That's exactly right. You know what I'm saying? It's exactly right. So, uh, yeah. It boils down to just do what the Bible says. Yeah. It's really that simple. That's it. Um, I want to talk about this hope crusade that's coming up uh, here in October, October 18th through the 20th, and it's going to be in Knoxville. Just well, outside of Just Knoxville. outside of Knoxville. Yep. Loudoun. Municipal uh, Park Amphitheater. Tell yep. us tell us what's happening with the Hope Crusade and why everybody needs to be there. Okay, so um, we've been doing tent crusades now since 2018, since God gave us the tent, and we do these area-wide tent crusades, and they we've been from Washington, D.C., all the way to Louisiana. That's all over the place. But Hope Crusades is something altogether a little bit different. It's it's purely evangelistic, where we strictly, it's not about revival per se. It's not really about an awakening in our nation per se. 
it's all about reaching people with the hope of the message of the gospel. So we did our first one last year in 2022 uh, at the Gatlinburg Convention Center. Okay. And God blessed it mightily. Uh, we actually aired on TV around the world and uh, had 2 million people watching it That's one powerful. time. And God did a mighty work. And so this year he led us to go to Knoxville area, which is Loudoun, Tennessee, just south of Knoxville on Interstate 75. At the uh, Loudoun uh, Municipal Park Amphitheater, uh, that area seats about 7,500 people. And only God can fill it up or God can bring 100 people. It don't matter. He'll have there who he has there. Yeah. But it's October 18th through the 20th. It's free. And I hate we even have to say that, that it's free. But stuff has been so commercialized in ministry. Yeah. How much does it cost to go to that meeting to gather? <laughs> it's free. <laughs> there's no tickets. There's no VIP access. There's no VIP meet and greets. We don't have none of that. It's literally just three days of worship, preaching, praying, salvation, deliverance, healings. You're preaching. I'm preaching. Pastor Greg Locke's preaching. Pastor Todd Coconato. Um, Joseph Z. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, 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 John Groves, uh, uh, Pastor Ken Peters, Pastor Ken Peters, Jamie Ragel. You know Jamie Ragel? I don't haven't met Jamie. Oh, he's incredible. Uh, Pastor Jamie Ragel. Then we'll have plenty of worship music, and it's just going to be absolutely incredible. And anybody watching this, we want you to go to drharrison.tv. Can I plug that? Yes. Uh, forward slash hope dash crusade. And or you can just go to drharrison.tv and click on the big banner that says Knoxville. We'll have all the links uh, on the screen, and we'll have it all put up there. Perfect. Uh, so so just click right on the screen right here, and um, or just type it in your browser, or uh, we can get the QR code put on there yeah, as well. That'd be cool. Yeah, we get the QR code that you can pull out your nice little phones. We just ask people to register so we kind of keep up with how many people's coming. How many people are coming? Awesome. I tell you what, if you're anywhere anywhere around this area uh, i highly recommend you get in a vehicle and make plans to show up yes. one service two services all of them and uh we're going to be there ktf podcast is going to be there uh we got a nice little uh set up a booth th- yeah we got a booth that we're going to set up we're going to be are talking you doing a live about- broadcast from there we're, we're going to be doing some lives, and awesome. we're going to be doing some recording, too, as well. So we, our goal is to get as many people to come through, share what God's doing in their life, share what God's doing That's awesome. uh, through through the crusade. Awesome. We want to hear some testimonies. Yes. I believe that people are going to get healed. Yes. I believe there's going to be some uh, deliverance that's yes. going to take place, some salvations, some major conversions are going to take place. And um, Speaking of healing, my dad yes. got healed this week. Praise God! I, you did share that in the service. So tell them what tell them what happened. He got diagnosed with stage four, four stage four cancer last December. The doctor pretty much gave him a death sentence, and they started him on radiation. They put him on chemo, and this week he was expecting the worst news. And he went in, and the doctor's first word says, "I am unbelievably tickled at what this scan showed." And he began to tell my dad that there is no cancer cells in his entire body praise god he got healed and praise god listen listen i don't care what your title is i'm a cessationist i'm a continuationist i'm a baptist i'm a methodist i'm a blah 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 (laughs) it's all noise to me you want to know what i know yes i know that there's power in the name of jesus yep not just to save you from sin, but sickness, Come on. De- demonic activity, the power of the name of Jesus is through and through the greatest power we can ever have in our life. And he has the power to heal your body. 
touch your mind, give you peace. Listen, if you're attacked at night in dreams, if your family's been cursed, there's only one yep. name. Come on. And there's only one thing, the blood of Jesus, that can break that curse. And I'm telling you, God is going to do a major work in the body of Christ, yes. I believe, preparing us yes. for what's to come. Oh, come on. Because the Laodicean church ain't going to cut it anymore. Nope. The public aren't going to rule. The people aren't going to rule. God's raising up a remnant, and the remnant still has a voice. It's not just some weed little cat. I believe the lion, (laughs) the lions are coming out. You know, the Bible says the righteous are as bold Bold as as a lion. Come on. And I believe that the righteous are now standing up. Listen, they're calling evil for evil. They're calling it out. But I'm telling you, the power of God is real. It's evident. And it's still available to those who believe. Believe. Amen. And if these signs aren't following you, then do you really believe? We got to question that. Got to. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name. They shall cast out. That's how it comes. That's right. That's how it comes. In his name. Praise God. We preach all day. Hallelujah. Man, I tell you what, man, this is powerful (laughs) in here. Isn't it? Oh, man. Amen. You can feel it over there, too, can't you? Praise God. Listen, this has been an amazing, amazing time. Listen, uh, I believe that the gift of God uh, in D.R. Harrison has been given to the body of Christ for such a time as this. Um, I would I'd probably compare him to, to you know, the likes of a, a Billy Graham. Um, tent revivals were a thing of the past, but it's like they've been reborn. And uh, we appreciate him and what he does for the kingdom of God. Listen, I don't know much about tents, um, but just putting up a, a small tent for me is a, is a big deal. Like, it's a lot of work. I can't imagine a tent that size that you have seats 3,000 underneath it. Like, the work, that, I know there's got to be transfer trucks and, and to haul the material and the poles and all of that stuff. So, listen, I, I want you to support his ministry. Go make a donation to his ministry. Because when you do, you are actually supporting the work of Jesus. Every soul that gets saved, you can have a part of that. Yes. When you get to heaven, they're going to they're gonna say, well done, good and faithful servant. And you're going to have people, I believe, flooding your life. They're going to be showing up. You helped sow into my salvation. You helped give to make this possible. That's right. And there's no greater gift. The Bible says you want to be wise, win souls. That's exactly right. He that winneth win souls, souls is wise. wise. Amen. So I want to be wise. I just I want to be wise. Praise God. Amen. So we appreciate. Thanks for coming on thanks and being on the KTF podcast today. Maybe you'll have me back. Absolutely. We'll Absolutely. Would back. you come back? You just let me know when. <laughs> maybe. Maybe the hotel. Maybe they'll just have everything in order. It'll be smooth <laughs> next time. Amen. That's that's I'm believing for that. Hey, That's we, what I believe for. I don't know. If we come back and it's smooth, something may not happen, though. That's, That's just a sign we don't have a good service. I told you we don't have a good service. Amen. Man. Amen. Amen. Well, you know what? We'll just, hey, listen, worst come to worst, we'll just, we get, we'll have some cots in the back room back here. That's all that matters. And if that's all, this the place to lay our head. That's it. Amen. So I, I appreciate you being on here today. Listen, I want you to um, like, follow, share. Please get this word out. Share this broadcast um, with the world. Somebody on your feed needs to hear what we just chatted about and talked about. Listen, send it to somebody that has no hope. Send it to somebody that needs to know that Jesus is the only way for salvation. And all you got to do is know this, that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. I'm Pastor Shannon Williams. 
Thank you for joining us today. We love you. God bless you. And as always, remember to keep the faith to the finish line.